God is good. Isn't that a good song? I love it. Uh, well, I want you to journey with me to a place called Death Valley. It's in Nevada. It's known as the hottest place on earth, 134 degrees most days, because it is also one of the driest and the most barren places on earth. That's why it's called Death Valley. But in 2005, something strange happened. They got a tremendous amount of rain in just a couple of days' time. And this barren wasteland suddenly became this. A beautiful garden. People came from all over the world to see it. Scientists came and studied it. They called it the super bloom. And what they figured out was that the reason that this was able to happen was because there were already seeds in the ground when the rain came. There were already seeds in the ground. They said some of them were 50 years old. Whether the winds had blown them or the birds had dropped them, however they got there, there were seeds that had been lying dormant, some for 50 years, lying dormant, waiting for the rain to come, waiting for the moment that they could bloom and be all they were created for. See, just like this valley had seeds already deposited in it, so does your life. Before you were born, God deposited seeds in you that were meant to bloom. Jeremiah, let's go look at a scripture. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, and it says this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I like this translation. It says, I chose you before I gave you life. And before you were born, I selected you. That means you didn't make it because you were the strongest swimmer. You made it because you were selected beforehand. Beforehand, you've been selected to be here. You were chosen to be here. It's not by accident. It's not by chance. It's not by evolution. God himself chose you and picked you for now, for this moment. And then listen what he says. He goes on to say in Ephesians 2 verse 10, he says this. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us when? Long ago. Long ago. He decided, hey, oh, I'm going to have this person and I'm going to put all these things in their path for them to do. Because I care about my kingdom, I care about the lost, the broken, the hurting, and I've got all these good things lined up for their life. What you don't know is God, maybe you do, God has given you special abilities. For some of you, it might be creative uh, abilities. For some, it might just be a courageous spirit to endure all kinds of things. For some of us, it's particular giftings. But with all of those things, he's also deposited seeds into you that will bear much fruit for his kingdom when they're fully grown. See, but the seeds, in order to grow, they need two things. They need the reign of his spirit, and they need your cooperation. 
And God wants to dream the impossible with you. He wants you to dream so big. He wants you to imagine what he's got for you life. He wants you to align yourself with him and think big and dream big. Now, this doesn't mean that you can be anything you want to be, okay? Unlike social media will tell you, you can't actually be anything you want to be. American Idol is proof of that. You can't all be singers, people, okay? But what you can be is you can be everything that God spoke over your life for you to be. See, when God called Abraham, he called him the father of many nations. He wasn't a father at the time. But he called him because he said, you are already those. You are already a father of many nations. You're waiting to be. You might say, well, I'm not, but you are. God calls those things that be not as they are, but he's already seen it. So he's already seen you be the writer. He's already seen you be the entrepreneur. He's already seen you be the teacher. He's already seen these things in your life. He calls those things, and that's what he speaks over your life. He's already spoken something over your life. But there are seeds that have been lying dormant in you and in your life, some of you for your whole life. Some of you maybe just for years. And God deposited in those seeds in you, and they've been waiting to bloom. But the circumstances just weren't quite right until now. I believe that this is the year of the super bloom in our lives. And this is what's begun here at the Promised Church. Since the end of last year, I would feel... Every time we came to church, I would feel this in my spirit. I would feel this toiling in my heart going on. And I knew it wasn't just mine. I knew God was doing it corporately. There was this toiling, like, like he was toiling the sand, getting it ready for something. And I would feel it, and there was sense in, the, in God's presence. And as we were pushing in for more of, these God's, of God's presence, as we were following him deeper and just saying, God, we want all of you. We want to see your face. Lord, come rest on us. I believe that God has responded in, in such a way that sometimes there's no words for what, what's been going on. And what the Holy Spirit showed me is that when Prophet Esther was here, because of the honor we showed her, the scripture says that whoever welcomes and receives a prophet receives the prophet's reward. God says if you honor the man or woman of God and what they bring, God will reward you. And our little, small, teeny, tiny brains cannot comprehend what God's reward means, okay? Whatever you think it means, oh, no, 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 no. It means a whole lot more than that. But we honored her, and we showed this, and the Holy Spirit showed me that when she was here, that the Spirit of God began to reign on this place. He began to reign on us individually. He began to reign on us corporately and as a church. And I don't want you to sit there and be like, oh, no, I missed that Sunday. Did I miss the rain? No, because it just began then. It's been continuing every single Sunday. If you're here and you're sensitive to the Spirit of God, you can sense something is happening. And that rain that he is releasing is causing all the seeds that God has planted in you and I to begin to bloom. That's what this rain is. See, God's words are spirit and life. 
And when she spoke spirit, it filled us with life. As I'm preaching, I'm pulling from the spirit of God and I'm releasing through my words that to you. Now, if you receive it, it will bring life to you because it's coming from the spirit of God. That's how it works. But will you receive it? Will you take it in? And for some people, maybe you felt like, man, I've, I've been in the spiritual desert, it feels like. I feel like I have been in the wasteland. I just feel like, and maybe for some of you, it's felt like that's been, that's been the situation for years. Well, then don't miss one Sunday here at The Promise. I'm not saying that so we can get bodies in the seats. I'm saying that because God is pouring out his spirit right here and right now. Why isn't he doing it at the church next door? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not God. But what I do know is that we've been praying for years and pressing in and asking God and getting ready. And God rewards those who seek him. And so I'm not going to question him, but I'm going to make sure I show up because I want everything that he's pouring out. And he is pouring out his spirit right here and right now. You know, when Moses... When Moses saw the burning bush, the scripture says that he turned aside. He turned aside and he went towards it. He walked towards the burning bush. He could have said, well, that's weird. That's kind of strange. I wonder if that'll still be burning tomorrow. And he could have gone on with what his work was. He could have gone home, got busy, gone on with life. But he turned aside and he went towards it. See, the question is, do you want what God is pouring out right now? Do you want what he is raining down here at the promise right here and right now? Will you come Sunday, every Sunday expecting, pushing in, leaning into his presence? Or are you going to get busy with whatever happens on a Sunday? Because there's a lot of things that happen on Sundays. I drive past this baseball field on the way to church and every Sunday it's packed with parents and their kids out on the fields. And they're like, you don't understand, my kid's gotta be in this baseball team. He's gotta da 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 da. I go, you know what you're teaching your child? That God is not important. You're teaching your child that sports is more important than being in the presence of God. That's what you're teaching your child. And I'm sorry if I'm stepping on your toes, God will heal them. But you're so concerned, and you know what? When your child is on drugs or running around with the wrong crowd, but he's in at least the best baseball team in high school. I don't know why I went down that road. It's not in my notes. It's for somebody. God is pouring out his spirit right here and right now. Can you perceive it? So when we talk about prophecy, God's scripture is the Bible that is that is prophecy. When you read the word over yourself, that is prophecy over your life. If you will receive it in the morning when you read the word differently and be like, whoa, God is prophetically speaking over me, okay? So it doesn't just have to be somebody giving you a word. The Bible itself is prophetic. But when we talk about what Prophet Esther, Prophet Esther was here a few weeks ago, Prophecy is also not just when she walked up to somebody and gave them a word. Prophecy began the minute she started speaking. The minute words came out of her mouth, that was prophecy. And if you consider the promised church, your tribe, 
Even if you've just got here this Sunday, but you're like, hallelujah, I found the place. Like, this is where Jesus is, I'm staying. Maybe that's you, and you're like, woo, I'm part of the promised tribe. Good. Well, if you're part of the promised tribe, then everything she spoke is for you. And if you haven't watched those sermons, they're up online. Go watch the morning and the night. I've watched them multiple times. There is so much from God in there. you got to go and watch it. But see, prophecy is an invitation. Prophecy is an invitation from God. Come closer. I've got something to tell you. Come a little closer. Prophecy is an invitation of God of what life could be like. He's not saying your life will be like this because people will like sit back, well, let you, I would like to see you do it. Mm -mm. He's like, come here, come. That's what your life could be like. God gives us a glimpse of what he sees. Let's look at something. Jeremiah chapter one and verse 11. Jeremiah 1 and verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. And the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. He says to Jeremiah, you've seen well. See, God is asking you, what do you see? What do you see over your life? Can you see what I see over you? Can you see what I'm seeing over your life? Can you use your heart, your imagination, your mind, and can you picture in it what God is saying over your life? Can you see it in your heart? Because in order for these seeds that God has planted in you, for them to begin to bloom, to reach their full capacity, their full potential, God's going to need you to enlarge your thinking, your belief, your capacity. Because you have to be able to enlarge your capacity to not only believe, but also to receive. Because what God has got is so much bigger. See, God is saying, I'm watching over my seeds. I'm watching over every word I have spoken over your life. He's watching. And he says, I'm ready to perform it. I'm ready. I'm ready for you to be all that I've created you to be. I'm ready for you to start impacting your pe the people around you. I'm ready for you to start impacting the world around you for my kingdom. Because there's lost and hurting and broken people all around you that only you can impact because that's where I've placed you for them. I'm ready. I'm ready for you to rise up and be who you've wanted you to be. Can you see what I see? Can you align your heart with mine, God is saying. You have to align your heart with his heart so you can see what he sees over your life. Otherwise, you won't reach your potential. So will you see what he sees? But you know, for most of us, this is, it will require, it's going to require some intentional work on our part. Let's just be honest. Because if you really start to think about what God wants for your life, it's a little mind-blowing. 
So it's going to require some intentional work on our part. And there are changes that we need to make to be able to grow to our full potential. Got a picture of an oak tree. I'll put that up for you. You know, the oak tree is an incredible tree. It says that the wood is considered one of the most durable and hard materials. And oak trees are what are known as a keystone species, which means they are trees that entire, entire ecosystems depend on for survival and habitat. They say that the oak acorns provide food for more than a hundred species of life. And an oak tree, of course, has the massive uh, trunk and branches, and it provides shelter for many, many birds and animals. Okay? So we are actually, by default, growing our own little oak tree. Not because we planted it, but because it decided to start growing in our pot, which is a whole other story. <laughs> but see, this oak tree has that potential. And right now, it's in this pot, and it is feeling like, oh my goodness, this pot's too big for me. It's so big, there's nobody else in here. It's just me. I'm all alone. I'm never going to, how am I ever going to get to, this is such a big pot. Like, there's just no way I could even, my roots can't even touch the bottom. This is a plenty big enough pot for me. But see, the problem is if we leave this oak tree in this pot, it will never grow and reach its full potential. Because right now it doesn't know it, but it's actually being stifled. It's being confined. It's being restricted by this pot. And if it gets restricted and stifled and confined and it never grows and reaches its full potentials, there's an entire ecosystem and hundreds of animals that will suffer in response. Because it never reached its full potential. See, this is the same in your life. Your pot, so to speak, are your own limitations in your mind and in your heart. Some of you are carrying shame and guilt from your past or things that you've done and gone through. And so you've put it around yourself and say, no, 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 this is, this is about as much as I could do for God's kingdom because I wouldn't want people to look at me and, and know what's happened in my life. I wouldn't want them to, to know what I've been through and what I carry and what I've, the mistakes I've made. So this is enough. I'll just, I'll do this much. This is okay. Some of you are thinking, you look around and you're like, whoa, this is pretty good. None of my family even graduated from high school and I just graduated from college. So, whoa, this is a pretty good sized pot. I'm pretty, doing pretty good for myself. You know, oh, I, I spoke to one person. Man, I've got, this is, this is enough of a size for me. Some of you guys called you to be an entrepreneur and you're like, what? I don't even know how to start a business. I, I don't even know how to spell the word entrepreneur. Like, what do, you, what do you mean? I got to be, what? I got I to gotta go and talk to people. I got to witness. You want me, my story to be a witness? God, I'm a wallflower. I don't talk to anybody. You want me to actually talk to people? God, you want me to write a book? What on earth am I going to write about? That was for me. <laughs> These are what are called limiting thoughts. These kinds of thoughts that come in that oppose the word of God in your life is this pot. 
and they will keep you stifled, they will keep you confined, and they will keep you from reaching your full potential. You are destined to be the oak tree. You're destined to have impact in the world. God didn't create little beady plants like this as human beings. He created oak trees. You are an oak tree. You are supposed to affect many. But if you allow your limiting thoughts to keep you like this, many will suffer because of your response. Thank you, babe. Terry suffering. Thank you, baby. Give him a round of applause, my, my handsome husband. Can you see what God sees of your life? Will you choose to align your heart with what God is saying over your life and break out of the pot that you have put yourself in, your family has put you in, life has put you in, shame, guilt, I don't care how you got in it, but it's time to break out of it. Align yourself with what God is saying over you and choose to put those thoughts away once and for all. And then what will we do with the word that God has spoken over us? When you hear that message, there were so many prophetic words that she spoke over this church, over us individually. What are we going to do with these words? What are you going to do with any prophetic word that you've gotten from anybody else? Or even the words that have come alive to you while you've read the Bible. What are you going to do with those? Are you going to protect them? That means to stand guard over your mind. So when these horrible thoughts of doubt come, that come like a thousand a day, let's be honest. And if you think I don't get them, <laughs> like they come. Because that's humanity. This is the world we live in. They want to, it wants to restrict you. It wants to keep you down. So the thoughts come and you're going to have to make a choice to say, no, I'm going to choose to believe what God has said. And I'm going to protect it. And I'm going to hold it close to my heart. And I'm going to agree with every single word that he's spoken over me. Because he never lies. And what he promised he will do if you will cling to it as well. You know, the prophet said the camels are coming. I love that. The camels are coming. And she said that the camels are coming and that represents people that are going to help you, whether it be financial, whether it be resource, whether it's people that are going to stand with you in faith and walk alongside of you. Because guess what? I need those camels. If you're looking at your life and what God's asked you to do and you don't think you need any camels or you don't think you need any extra people helping you, mm, you might not be seeing what God sees. Because I see what God sees. I'm like, oh. Lord, there better be a lot of camels coming. So I start believing in for the camels. I start calling them in. She said this other thing too. In the morning service, she talked about God is healing the cracks in our life so that we could hold more, so that our capacity could increase and we could hold more. And I've already been hearing so many amazing testimonies about that particular subject. And this week in my own life, the Holy Spirit healed something in me that I had actually forgotten about years ago. Don't you love how God does that? I, I actually didn't even think it was important anymore. I'm not going to go into specifics, and I'm not going to go into too many specifics of what the Lord spoke to me that, in that Sunday, because He spoke to me a lot, and, and a lot of it, even with her prophetic words... I mean, she might as well have been standing in my room, my prayer room, where I talk to the Lord quietly. <laughs> she might as well have been reading my thoughts when the prophetic words that she spoke and the, the things that she said. So a lot of it is deeply personal to me between the Lord and I. But 
this week, I'm brushing my teeth before bed, not thinking about the prophetic word at all. And suddenly the Holy Spirit brings a word up that she's, in her prophetic word she used, she, she said a particular word over me. And the Holy Spirit brought it up. I'm brushing my teeth. I'm like, okay. And then instantly he played a video. That's how he speaks to me. Like a video of a scene that happened a number of years ago where somebody used that same word to belittle me and to cause me to doubt my worth. And I'm brushing my teeth and I'm like, and God said, no, I never said that word of you. I said, this is the word. This is how I see you. And I, I never told anybody, but that word affected me for years. Even though I would say, oh, I don't believe that. It did. It bothered me. And I would doubt myself over the years because of that particular one thing they said. And I forgot about it because it was years ago. And I don't, you know, walk in forgiveness, all the rest of it. But I was brushing my teeth. And in an instant, God used a word and said, no. You know what he did? The tears flowed down my face as he healed a crack. And it wasn't because I was sad that I was crying. I was crying because I was so in awe of how good God is. He wants you whole and he wants you healed. And he cares about the crack in you that somebody spoke over you years ago in their ignorance and in their brokenness. But it broke you. He cares. And he wants to heal those cracks in you. He heals you for a reason. So that your capacity can increase. So that you can hold more of him. So that you can release it in a healthy way. <clears throat> you know, the irony, the irony one of, when, she, when she was prophesying over me, the irony of one of the things she said, if you remember in the morning... She said, God says, don't limit me. What I've got for you is much bigger. Remember that? Well, if you remember, I preached the week before she came. And what I was telling the story was of Andrew, Pastor Andrew Womack and Pastor David Yonggi Cho. And I was telling you their stories about how when God spoke to them and he said, don't limit me. Right? So she used, a week later, she uses my own sermon against me. Right? Isn't God funny? I was like, God, you're so funny, right? I, I, I. But what nobody knows is that when I read those men's books months before, when I was reading the books and I came across the part where it, he said, God, take me to stop limiting me, in my own heart, I said, wow, that must have been so amazing. That must be pretty amazing for God to tell you that he's got bigger for you. And in my heart, I thought, well, God's never told me that. So maybe what I'm believing for is enough. Because there's this tension when you're in ministry of like wanting to believe God for more, but then not wanting to be prideful. God, it's not about me. I don't need it. But I, am I supposed to believe for more? Am I supposed to? Where, you know, there's this tension, right? And so there's like, well, maybe I'm, what I'm dreaming of is, is enough. I don't want to seem prideful you know this is like what's going on in my own heart I'm like because God's never actually said that to me but it would be super cool if God said that you're limiting me so you see like how my thought he he my he reads the thoughts of your heart your heart right and he comes out and says that but that wasn't just for me the reason God said it is because it's for all of us 
That was his point in saying it to me, is it's for all of us. We all limit him with our thoughts. He wants you to dream bigger. He wants you to have more. He wants you to walk in more in his kingdom. He's got people for you to impact and influence, and he needs it in every spectrum of life. He doesn't need you to be in the five-fold ministry. Maybe some of you will be, but he needs it in the workplace, in the marketplace, in the hospitals. He needs you wherever he's going to need you to reach every single person. We can't, I don't have the same influence that you might have. I'm not a fireman. I can't reach the fireman. But if you're a fireman, then that's what your call is. Or a policeman, whatever. You've got to know that where God plants you, he planted you there for a reason with those gifts and abilities. She also said that the fire of God is coming to this place. The fire of God is coming to this house. Let's have the lights down. I want to play that clip. Preparaos porque viene una temporada de fuego en este lugar. So be prepared because there is a season of fire coming to this house. El fuego de Dios va a descender. The fire of God is, is going to come down. El fuego de Dios va a descender. The fire of God is coming down. El fuego de Dios va a venir a este lugar. The fire of God is coming to this este place. Este lugar se va a convertir en la tarta ardiendo. This place is going to become Así the burning Moisés bush. Así como Moisés dice que le llamó la atención que había un fuego y una tarta que no se consumía. Just as Moses it says that he was captured by this este supernatural thing that the bush was not consuming so this place is going to be the place where everybody is going to be looking este lugar in this city this place is becoming into the burning bush and it's not going to be consumed Preparaos porque viene un fuego de Dios que nada lo va a poder apagar. You need to be prepared because there is a fire of God coming that nothing is going to quench it. El fuego del enemigo es consumido. The fire of the enemy can be quenched. Pero el fuego de Dios nada lo apaga. But nothing can el fuego stop de Dios or quench the fire of God. Nothing. El fuego de Dios va a descender en esta casa. And the fire of God is coming down to this house. El fuego de Dios va a descender de tal manera que su poder se va a manifestar. With so much Give the Lord a round of applause. God, we're expecting. God, we're excited. And you know, when Moses experienced the fire of God, when he saw that, that burning bush, it marked him. It changed his life. It set him on a different course. We need the fire of God in this place. And that's a word for us, for our church, to hold on to. We've know God said he's coming to visit us. Now he's told us how he's coming. He's coming with his fire. So we need to be expectant. We need to be hungry. We don't know what that looks like in the natural. We can have all the lights back up. Thanks guys. We don't know what that looks like in the natural. But you know when 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 Prophet Esther was here, I had a um a supernatural experience. Well, I mean, I think I had a few. But some of it, it really took me days to process. And if not some of it, I'm still trying to, to process everything that happened. And I, I'm, not, I'm not a big uh, crier in public. Like, I'm not a big person who cries very easily in public. I mean, tear up a little bit, you know, not like full on like, and that's just me, whatever. Most of the time it's because, you know, we're, there's a certain amount of responsibility I have with the service or whatever. I can't just be like breakdown mess on the floor, you know. So there's an element of, of that. But from the moment she started speaking, um, just preaching, the minute she got up to speak, tears began to stream down my face. And I thought, okay, this is, you know, tissue wiping away. But it didn't stop. 
like <laughs> the people that were sitting around me, everybody kept handing me tissues. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like it te tears streaming down my face. And um, the same thing on the night service, just this, this, this presence that was on me, this presence when from the time she began to speak, this tangible manifest presence of God was resting on me. And I asked the Holy Spirit because more continued, so I'm going to kind of jump ahead to explain. I asked the Holy Spirit and, and he was, what, what he showed to me is like for the first time maybe ever in my life, I listened with absolutely zero doubt. See, usually when, even as I'm preaching right now, your mind is wanting to get in the way. Your experiences are coming up and saying, oh, I would love that to be true for me. But you know what you know. You know your limitations. You know. So even as I'm preaching, your mind is counteracting what is coming. Even when you read the Bible sometimes, you go, oh, I'd love to believe that. But there's an element of doubt in you. But probably for the first time in my life, I knew she was of God and I knew this prophet was hearing from God. I laid down every single doubt and didn't allow one thought to come in my head. And so what I did is my heart began linked with heaven. For the first time, I wasn't using faith. I was using the faith. I was linked to the faith of God. My heart was completely in tune and linked with God. And every word she spoke pierced my heart and my soul. It didn't matter what the words were. As they were coming, it was piercing my heart and soul. At the same time, it was drenching me in his love. It's incredibly hard to explain what was happening. But as I, as I began to listen, it was as if God himself was speaking directly to me. And I began to follow him deeper and deeper into the spirit. So I began to cross over from this necessarily natural realm that we're focused on into the spirit realm. When she told us to stand that night at the end of the service, I could barely stand at the time. I was like, I really need to go on my knees. But my dad had said I had to close the service and receive the second offering. And I'm thinking, this is probably not going to happen because I can barely stand right now. You know, you always think like, oh, you'll be so in the spirit, you will forget everything. No, your thoughts are going, no, 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 don't go on your knees. you got to close the service. I'm like, I can't help it. <laughs> but God was pulling me so far into the spirit and my whole body that began to tremble. And when she said, there's so many things she said that I can't, I can't, I can't. If I go there, I'm going to collapse on the stage. But she said, she said, if God was here, what would you do? And I really knew he was there. I was... I had moved in and I was touching him. And when she said that, I fell to my knees. I couldn't stand anymore. And as I put my head to the ground, his presence rested on me like I've never experienced before. And even though I was weeping from, from, the, from the joy, I, my entire body began to tremble from the inside out like I've never experienced before. And I'm not, I'm not big on like looking for a manifestation in the, in the natural. I realize that God is a spirit. And so I know that he's with me always. I don't need to physically sense him. But I'm, my entire body began to tremble like uncontrollably from the inside out. And at the same time, the tears were streaming down my face because God's presence was so... the end of the service I tried to get up I was stuck like literally it felt like I was fighting against gravity to try and move and and uh, I was shaking so badly that 
when they asked, uh, thank goodness I'd written out her thank you cards ahead of time, but I couldn't write the checks. I was trembling so badly. I'd ask Margie, can you please come and fill in the checks? I couldn't write. I walk, I try to go home that night and walk my dog. I'm standing in the, in the, gar in the yard and I'm like trembling all over, weeping from God's presence so tangibly on me. And it continued into the next day. And, uh, that so w w less than a week later i went to saturday i went to uh daniel kalender's breakfast impartation that i was invited to if you know daniel kalender dad spoke about him last week he's the man who took over reinhard bonke's ministry he's an evangelist he moves in the gifts the power gifts miracles signs and wonders miracles and and i had said god i'll go if you will lay hands on me because i believe in impartation and i know what i what i received from the prophet but i believe that this is for us so i'm gonna go and he said i'm gonna line up i'm gonna lay hands on you and usually if you know a, a man of god they usually send their ministry team right but he said no i'm gonna personally lay hands and so we stood in line and as he began to move down the line he was 20 feet away my body began to tremble again like uncontrollably tremble from the inside out and i'm like what is going on like it's like fire but as he got closer and closer to me i was like i'm gonna explode if that's humanly possible like I, i'm gonna explode god and he and he when he got to me he began to lay hands and, and speak over me and prophesy and release and i knew in a moment that i imparted something from him and the next day when i was in church here as dad preached about you can have an impartation for yourself god can fill you up touch you or you can have an impartation that's for ministry but I believe God wants you to impart to every single person. He doesn't fill you up so you can stay nice and full. He fills you up so you can release what God gave you. You are supposed to be a vessel for whatever comes in. You're supposed to overflow to the people around you with the love, with the fire of God, with whatever he's put on you. You need to release that. Whether it's simply laying your hand on somebody and just praying in the spirit over them. Whatever the case is, you need to be able to release what he's given you. You should come into church depleted. You should come in depleted because you gave it all out. If you've come into church and you don't experience anything in the worship, that just means you're already full because you didn't give anything out. You didn't give out what he gave you. You should have given it all out. So you come in the week, you're like, all right, I just need to be in God's presence. And that's why we do what we do. That's why we have the worship we have so that you can get filled back up in his presence. That Sunday, I was standing here and it was a Sunday after Daniel Kalinda, and, and it was the first Sunday since the prophet, and I'm in the worship, and my body begins to tremble, and I just felt to go over and, and just put my hand on, on Cheryl's back and just release what God had given me, not pray. And I went over, and I put my hand on her back, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, put your hand on her belly, and I just began to pray in the Spirit. My, and, and I just said, the fire of God, and I began to tremble so badly, like I'm shaking. I was shaking so badly that I thought, I'm going to need a catcher behind me. Like, you know, and I'm, I see her body, and she's beginning to tremble. And, and uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just like in my mind, in my spirit, I'm just like, God, just impart, just give of what you've given me. Just release what you've given me, because you didn't give it to just me. You gave it for me to, for a purpose. And, and she told me later that she trembled halfway through the service. The half service, she said, I haven't experienced that since the first time I was filled with the Holy Spirit 20, 30 years ago. She said, I haven't experienced that kind of, that kind of fire that, that hit me. And last Sunday when Pastor Henry called people up and we were, we were praying for people, that became my focus. I'm like, God, you know, I'm not even going to try and say a bunch of words. I'm just going to pray in the spirit and just sense in my spirit that I'm releasing what you've begun in us, what this birthing, because he, he blooms within you so that you grow up, so that you release seeds.
There's a purpose, there's a, there's a pattern. So you grow up, you're ready, you release, you bloom, you depart into somebody else. And so that's what I was doing. I was just praying in the spirit. If God gives me words prophetically to speak, then I was speaking just those words over people. And I could sense in my spirit what was being deposited in them. And my body was trembling again. And I'm not saying this because I look for manifestations. If, if, if I never tremble again, that's okay. I won't think that God left me. I'm not going, oh, I have to tremble to, to know God's presence. Even though from the moment I started preaching, I've been trembling. So clearly not the Sunday is not the day it ends because it's, I'm still trembling. You just can't see it as vividly as I'm, as I'm trying to hold it together here. But will we take it for granted? Will we take it for granted? This is a season of outpouring. The people in the Bible looked for this day when God himself would be in us, when the Holy Spirit would be in us, pouring out through us in a mighty revival way for the lost, the broken, the hurting around you, for you to step up and operate in who God's called you to be. Will we take it for granted because we will give an account one day before God? We will stand there and he will say, what did you do with the outpouring that I poured out at the promised church? What will you do with the spirit of God that was there in the manifest presence? Will you bring the lost and the broken and the hurting to the place where my spirit is being poured out? Because they're dry and they're hurting and they're broken. And they're desperate for him. What will you do with this moment in time? Will you take it for granted? Will it be a year from now and you'll look back and go, remember that great day where we had with the prophet and those awesome words? Or will you fight for it with everything you've got and contend in the spirit and God, we want more. We want your fire, God. We want your outpouring. We want the power gifts and we're going to use them. Every person I get, I'm going to lay hands on them. I'm going to release the spirit of God. No more of this timidity like, oh, I don't know what to say when I pray. Pray in tongues. Put your hand on them and say, fire of God, hit them. The name of Jesus, it's not about your name, it's about his name. The power of God is in you. The spirit of God has rained on the seeds in your life and it is a time to bloom and be who he's created you to be. There's no more next year, someday, when things get right in my life. No, I don't care. Don't come to me and say, my life isn't good enough to whatever. I don't care. Like, oh, who cares if my life isn't perfect? Nobody's life is perfect. If you wait for your life to be perfect, you're never going to say anything. You're never going to open your mouth, and the devil wins. He wins because he's lying to you. Don't you realize the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you? He lives in you. Release that. Release the spirit of God. Release what God has planted in you. Go ahead and stand with me today as we close. God must be a first-hand experience. You need your own. You can't live off somebody else's. I don't want you to stand there and, and think, oh, well, we, uh, I, I, want I want what Pastor Cindy's got. No, not all the way. Not all the way, guys. Not all the way. I, I, I want that. I want, no, just want more of God. He's going to touch you in the way he, 
in the way he wants to touch you. I didn't say, oh, God, I want to shake. I want to do this. I'm like, God, I just want more of you. I just want to cross over and touch you. I just want to be with you. You know that every name of God, every name of God is tied to an experience. Because you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I don't know if we should be going off to experiences. But every name of God is tied to an experience. Yeshua. Jesus. It means to save and deliver. When you got saved, you gave your life to the Lord. You knew him as Yeshua. And if you haven't met him as Yeshua, if you don't know him as Savior and Deliver, then today's your day to meet him and have an experience with him as Savior and Deliverer. That time you needed financial resources and he showed up, he was Jehovah Jireh. He showed up as your provider. If you're sick in your body or if you've ever been sick in your body and you were healed, he showed up as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Every name of God is tied to an experience. But guess what? He's also comforter. He's also the one that ignites. He's also the one that encourages. He's also the one that places and protects and raises up. You haven't known all of him. There is still more experience of God to be had. So don't think, well, I've, I've already experienced all that. Or, or that can't be of God because I haven't experienced that. Don't think that you've, just because you look at somebody else's and be like, that can't be of God because I've never experienced that. That's, that's like the ant in your backyard that, that, that goes, and you watch it walk and it goes 10 feet away and it gets, it gets the edge by the pool and it comes back and it tells its, tells its family, guess what? I went to the edge of the world. I've seen the edge of the world. I've been, I went to a far, far away land. I've seen it all. And you try and tell the ant, no, actually you haven't seen it all. And the ant will argue with you. No, 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 I, I have seen it all. What do you mean there's more? You're like, no, 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 trust me, there's more. Don't be the ant. God has got so much more. He's got so much more. Will you stay hungry? Will you say, God, I want more of you? Just close your eyes and raise your hands to the Lord and just say, Lord, let your rain fall. Let your rain fall, God. Let your fire come, Lord Jesus. I receive all you have for me, God. I receive all you have for me, God. Without limitation, without hesitation, God, I want all of you. I want more of you. I want more of you, God. Lord, I'll do what you say. I'll step out in faith. I'll go, Father. I will release what you give me. No more excuses, God. No more excuses. I will release it, Lord. Lord, let your fire fall in this house, God. Let your fire fall, Lord Jesus. Let your fire fall right now, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the rain of your spirit, Lord. Thank you for the rain of your spirit, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'll have my ministry team come out as we close. If you've never met Jesus as Yeshua, if you don't know him as Savior and Deliverer, and you need that today, 
that first step with God is to be saved and delivered and make him the Lord of your life. The Lord of your life means he is the compassionate, kind, and loving, and just one. If that's you, just come on out of your seat and come and find one of the ministry team, and they'll pray with you, and they'll introduce you, and you'll have your experience with Yeshua. How bad do you want it? Come out of your seat. Maybe you haven't received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and you haven't been baptized with the power and the fire of God. Then come out of your seat and come and see one of the counselors. And as we dismiss the service, if you need prayer for whatever that is, if you need prayer for healing or if you need somebody to stand with you for your marriage or finances or whatever it might be, just come out of your seat and let them minister the fire and the power of God to you right now. All right, Lord, we're going we're gonna to dismiss the service. And I want you this week to release what God has given you. Because today you received something. Go ahead and release it. Thank you. You're dismissed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.